I went, I always admired coaches, uh, you know, as a player. And I realized how big an impact, you know, even the smallest things, uh, relationships you can have with a coach and how big an impact they have on your career. And, you know, as I get older and older and I kind of see the end coming, it, it definitely was something, you know, you don't never want to stop playing. But I was really fortunate even to look back, you know, the year in Syracuse to, to play for that coaching staff. Uh, I've been lucky to be around some really good mentors. Uh, it was definitely something that I wanted to give it a try, and I'm happy I did. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli, and this is Crunch Chronicles, presented by Wendy's. Today on the show, we chat with a defenseman who played one full and parts of his second season in Syracuse during the Tampa Bay Lightning affiliation. Jared Nightingale came to Syracuse for the 2012-2013 campaign when he signed an AHL contract with the Crunch that offseason. He became an instant leader and was a part of the veteran group that helped usher in the new culture in Syracuse at the beginning of the Lightning affiliation. That season, Nightingale played in 56 games and amassed 7 points at 121 penalty minutes. He returned to the Crunch on a PTO of the 2014-15 season and rested in regular season and one playoff game for the Crunch. The veteran of nearly 500 AHL games and over 200 ECHL games retired following the 2016-17 season. He has been coaching ever since, and he is currently with the Rockford Icehogs, a team he captained as a player in 2013-2014. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger is back. Dive into a bite packed with warm, savory beer cheese, applewood smoked bacon, crispy fried onions, and hot and juicy beef. All perfectly paired with a Dr. Pepper at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Dr. Pepper is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up, Inc. Lee Baldwin and Company is a proud sponsor of the Syracuse Crunch. For all of your investment needs, check them out at investtoday.com. Lee Baldwin and Company, you do the dreaming, they'll do the math. Doing well, man. Uh, really good to be back talking to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you here. A uh, very exciting time of the year for all of us uh, in the AHL. The All-Star break just wrapping up. Uh, fill everyone in on, on what you've got going on. What's keeping you busy these days? Oh well, I've been uh, I've been retired for what five five six years now, and I got right into coaching. I was coaching the junior ranks, and uh, right now I'm in my second year in the American Hockey League. I'm an assistant coach with the Rockford Ice Hogs, it's the uh, the affiliate for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'm really uh, really thankful. Yeah, how how are things going there? Rockford's having a solid season in the Central Division. Of course, we never see uh, you guys uh, here in Syracuse, but how are things going for Rockford? Oh, it's been good. You know, we have, uh, you know, like just like any team in the American League, a lot of turnover, some good young prospects, especially, uh, you know, you see Chicago is a little thin through a rebuild phase. So it's uh, it's fun to be a part of in Rockford and you know, hopefully best days ahead. But, yeah, we have a competitive team, a team that can uh, beat anybody, but also if we don't play well. I mean, you know, the American League, so yeah. uh, it's highly competitive. So it's a, it's a really good situation. Yeah. What, you know, you started there uh, early last season. What's it been like to, uh, I mean, you've been in coaching now for a couple of seasons, of course, after you retired, but uh, jumping into the AHL, it's a league you're very familiar with. What's it been like on, on you know, now the other side of things, I guess, on the on the bench? 
Yeah, it's uh, it was crazy. You know, like I like I said, I was coaching in the USHL and then the OHL, and then to get back to the American League as a coach, uh, you really you probably took it for granted how good of a league it was when you were a player. Um, it's you know you, you see it every night how quick and how highly talented and fast the players are. I I feel really thankful to be at this level and. Uh, you know, our coaching staff's outstanding and the way the Blackhawks, it really reminds me a lot of how Tampa ran Syracuse. Uh, it's first class and uh, these, these players have every opportunity to improve. What have you enjoyed the most uh, in your first couple of years there in Rockford and, and uh, you know, as we said, reaching the AHL now in, in the pro ranks uh, in terms of what you do each and every day? What have you enjoyed the most? I think, like I said, it, it, just being a part of uh, a rebuild and being a part of a you know, an original six franchise with Chicago and really impressed how hands-on they are. And, you know, it's only a, you know, it's about a 70 mile drive to Chicago. So it's a lot easier than the, the Syracuse to Tampa trek, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's first class. And I, I feel really fortunate uh, to be coaching D and the penalty kill, you know, those are my passions. And I have a, like I said, our coaching staff is really, uh, you know, encourages us to be ourselves and, it's really a healthy working relationships. And then it always goes back to the players. It's really, really fun to coach this level and players are one step away from their dreams. You jumped right into coaching after retiring at the end of the 2016-17 season. You did end up playing one more game the following year, but that was a, kind of a one-off yeah. type of thing. Uh, but you, you really had retired after 16-17 and you got into coaching. Was that always something that was uh, attractive to you? Is that something you knew you wanted to do right away after you retired? Yeah, I think the longer I went, I always admired coaches, uh, you know, as a player. And I realized how big an impact, you know, even the smallest things, uh, relationships you can have with a coach and how big an impact they have on your career. And, you know, as I get older and older and I kind of see the end coming, it, it definitely was something, you know, you don't never want to stop playing. But I was really fortunate even to look back, you know, the year in Syracuse to to play for that coaching staff. Uh, I've been lucky to be around some really good mentors. Uh, it was definitely something that I wanted to give it a try, and I'm happy I did. You mentioned relationships. That is such a crucial part, and especially as the game has continued to evolve, it feels like it's more and more a factor for coaches to have and build those strong relationships with players. You know, you you were such a, a great guy on and off the ice here in Syracuse. I'm sure relationship building is a big part of what you're doing now and, and why you have become a successful coach where you are right now. Yeah, at least I hope so. I, you know, I think uh, it's kind of cliche to say, you know, relationships first. And, you know, these players aren't, they aren't dumb. They can tell when a, you know, a coach really cares for them and he has their best interests at heart. I know that always hit home with me, no matter what their role is or if they're a top prospect or a, a guy just trying to crack the American League. Uh, like I said, I, I think uh, the power the coaches have to instill belief in a player it's unmeasurable. So it's, it's something I don't take for granted. And, uh, you know, relationships first, like I said, no matter what, what type of player the, the, the guy is, uh, a top prospect or whatever, uh, there's a lot of joy in developing relationships first. You talked about, you know, having mentors uh, as you were kind of hitting the end of your playing career and looking toward coaching. Who in your mind sticks out as someone who, whether it was a coach that coached you and you you followed up with or, you know, someone else who you come across over the years who has been, uh, you know, someone you can lean on, maybe bounce ideas off or, or helped you get into into this uh, into the coaching in the first place? 
Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, there's actually quite a few. You know, I'm the youngest of three brothers. Yeah. And, uh, both of my older brothers are involved in hockey. Uh, my oldest brother, Jason, is uh, assistant director amateur scouting with the Buffalo Sabres. And my middle brother, Adam, is he just it's his first year. He's the head coach at Michigan State. So I've always uh, looked up to them and picked their brain. I was lucky my dad coached me growing up in baseball and in hockey. Um, so I was always kind of, you know, I always thought about uh, and respected, you know, like I said before, the coaches having that that influence on players. But, you know, to relate it to Syracuse, you know, uh, John Cooper, Rob Zettler, um, even after that, I was really fortunate. I, I finished my career in Chicago for Craig Berube, you know, who the next year won a Stanley Cup for St. Louis. I played in Toledo for Derek Lalonde, who Syracuse Crunch fans know. He's the system of Tampa. Um, still keep in touch probably with him the most. Um, and Jeff Blaschel. He's uh, He's been a big uh, influence on in our family. You know, we, we grew up close to where Blash in northern Michigan, where he's from. Um, my brother worked for him with the Red Wings, and obviously he's assistant with Tampa now. So it's funny looking back and, and seeing all the connections and where everybody's at today. But yeah, I feel I'm, I feel very fortunate to have uh, some relationships and people to lean on. Yeah, a lot of connections, like you said, there with uh, with Syracuse and Tampa these days, with all the names you just mentioned as well. All right, you're you're coaching. You're very involved in that, but you also still have a, a little bit of a connection here in Syracuse. You, you've been over the years running uh, your Great Lakes uh, hockey camps. Uh, touch on that and and what that has meant over the years for you to to be involved with. Yeah, what what an awesome blessing. Um, well, you know when I when I came to Syracuse, the first person that I met outside the team was the local mailman, Bud. I'm sure <laughs> yep. you know him. Oh yeah, uh, he's moved on since, but uh, you know he's living in Myrtle Beach. But I couldn't have met a better person who was connected. You know, he grew up in the Cortland area, and it was always something in the back of my mind. I'd like to go back to cities I played in and and maybe start hockey camps and you know, Syracuse, that area, we have our camp in Cicero at the twin rinks. I think it's a new name now, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's grown ever since I think we're entering year seven, uh, I come back there every year and it's a chance to re reconnect, not only with the community, but, you know, to go back and, you know, eat at your old restaurants and visit with old friends that are still living there locally. Um, and I, we have, we have five other camps as well in other cities that I've, you know, come across in my, career or in my life uh yeah it's a good way to keep in touch and keep you busy in the off seasons yeah i highly recommend that for uh, for anyone listening to this it is uh in early july this uh this summer the camp in cicero so hopefully uh some folks can get out to that and and uh, you know meet you or or work with you there uh this summer uh jared will shift now to you know your time with the crunch it was a year and you know and then some but uh, it started back in 2012 2013 we'll dive into that season in a moment but you know just your your thoughts on on the time you spent uh in syracuse yeah, you know, when people always ask, you know, as players, if you play for a little bit of, you know, for some years, what's your favorite place? And I don't really have a favorite place, but Syracuse is always the first one that comes to mind. Uh, not only, you know, we had a successful team and we lost in the finals, but the locker room, I mean, that you look back at that roster and how many were just really good teammates and leaders, selfless guys, you know, you think of, Angelitas, uh, JP Cote was my roommate. And then, you know, PC Labreeze, you know, he's in a second stint there. Um, really looking back, those are, like we said, the men, the, the relationships first, 
I don't think I played for a tighter team uh, than that year in Syracuse. And even looking back, I mean, the, the amount that I soaked in and learned, you know, under the coaching staff and a team first mentality like we had, uh, man, I just, I, I can't really, you know, imagine, uh, you know, my view of the game and, and uh, you know, excitement to want to build something like that. Uh, it was very, very, very much a blessing. Yeah, I mean, that season was such a special uh, run in 2012-2013. It was the first year of the Lightning affiliation here in Syracuse. You know, you sign in that offseason with an AHL contract with a crunch. You're coming in. Uh, the whole organization is basically brand new with the Lightning coming in as well to Syracuse. What was, I, I guess we'll start there, just the expectations going into that season. You know, Tampa had just won the Calder Cup in, in Norfolk, the, the, the you know, that summer. You come in now, it's a new organization for you. The whole organization is brand new. What was the expectation coming in for you? Well, it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, I was, I was humbled and thrilled that, that they even wanted me to like come off the Calder cup championship team. And I was at the time playing in Hartford and we played Norfolk in the second round. Never would have thought, you know, I thought it was a competitive series. Um, but then, you know, to get a phone call and, and, uh, to hear from Julian Breezeball and John Cooper that they want me to be a part of the team. I was thrilled. It kind of, gave me a second life you know I was just about to turn 30 years old and kind of entering you know the back nine of my career I still felt like I was playing well but it was it was very exciting um and there's connections too with John Cooper he's he's got connections in Michigan where I'm from and I've always heard about him even when he was coaching high school hockey here and he was around Michigan State where I spend my off seasons there's a lot of really neat pieces um and yeah to get to get a chance to play on a a really good team. Obviously, it was an opportunity I didn't want to pass up. And it was uh, it worked out well for you and for the team that year. And you were part of that leadership group coming in. You, you jumped in immediately, and you know everyone talks about it. How you, and you said it as well. How tight that team was. But you had been around for a while. You had seen a lot of things, and you jumped right in with with the Angelitas and the Cotes and the Labrees. I mean, all those key pieces who were big voices and, and presences in the room. But you were a big part of that as well. How you know how did you jump in in, in that regard? And and you know just how the the team was really like you had mentioned so tight on and off the ice. Uh, just that feeling that to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, if I was to look back and see the amount of, the amount of ice time that I had or, or games and, you know, that was the lockout year. So yeah. we had a few more position players at every spot. We were really deep, especially on defense. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, if in my position, I was in and out of lineup a little bit and deservingly. So, I mean, we had outstanding defensemen. Um, that's what made it so special is the coaching staff and those leaders, like you mentioned, they made you feel like you're just as big a part of it um, and felt, and because you are, uh, you know, I felt, you know, value and showing up to the rink each day and trying to achieve a, the same goal. Um, like I said, I, I, I really, I, I felt like I soaked in and I learned a lot just from, you know, being witnessing the culture. I had not been a part of a team like that where guys thoroughly enjoyed, they didn't want to leave the rink. There was no clicks. Uh, you know, and we just, and, and the excitement of going to a town like Syracuse, a blue collar sports city packing the war Memorial. It was a, it was a really fun, fun run, especially playing, you know, well into June with the warmer weather. Um, 
yeah, it was special. Yeah, I mean that you, you talked about how deep this team was, and it was the uh, the lockout involved as well. But you, you know, you look at the blue line at that year: Radko Gudas, uh, Matt Tiermita, Mark Barbario, Keith. I mean, the list went on and on. Yeah. What, what was it like to be, you know, just in that room with those guys? Uh, you know, and you're all—it's obviously competitive. You're all looking for those spots, but uh, like you said, there you, you're competing, but you're all you're all part of this uh, that family as John Cooper and, and Mike Angelitas brought in. It was it was special. Like I said, there was no egos, and some of the the best players on our team were really humble guys that you know you didn't feel not welcome, or you felt like you couldn't approach them. Um, it really was a team first, selfless attitude, um, and yeah, you want to play every night. Um, but I think that's what our team wouldn't have went as far. There was a lot, not just me, but there was a lot of players that you know maybe with the lockout and with all the bodies there that I think a lot of teams would have gave in and got frustrated, uh, you know, putting themselves above the team. That's what, what was unique. Um, you know, I remember when I was in and out of the lineup, uh, you know, it wasn't go off and that John Cooper wouldn't call me into his office and have a meeting, you know, ask me how I'm doing. Um, you know, you're a big part of this. And, and that's the kind of stuff that would really, you know, motivate you to keep showing up and Hey, I want to, I want to win for this city, whether I'm on the ice or I'm up in the booth with Dan Duba. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, yeah. It was something I haven't experienced since, and you know, it's you always try to aim to to duplicate. Well, definitely circle back on uh, Dan Duva and being in the booth in a moment because those were very entertaining <laughs> nights uh, for those yeah. either watching, listening, or being there in the booth with you guys. Uh, but you know, you talked about the lockout. What you know, it's it's kind of a weird, uh, certainly a weird situation, a weird year. You got you know, in the middle of the year, it was what January. All of a sudden, camps are opening up in the NHL. What was it like to just go through a season like that, where you know, you the the, the AHL season it starts and you've got all these guys in then all of a sudden you know everyone not everyone but a lot of the the guys are jumping up and and trying to make spots at the nhl what was that whole you know that month like i guess in january yeah i can't remember in detail i just know it i, I remember it was just a good reminder to take it day by day mm-hmm. and there's so many things outside of your control and you can spend your you know your day and your nights you know driving yourself crazy thinking of the what ifs and you know, even like thinking, what, where am I going to play next year? And, you know, am I going to play this weekend? And that's again, the, the line of communication there with the leaders and the coaching staff, and you always felt a part of it. Um, it was a challenge, you know, we're competitors. We all want to play, but like I said, when, when you're really rooted and they did a good job with this, you know, they had success in Norfolk, uh, in the culture that they built there. Um, you know, it was much easier to show up and in, in, in a good attitude and, and you know, want to bring something special to Syracuse. And that was really a, a great team on and off the ice. Uh, you go all the way to the final that year. You know, it, what what was the journey like for, for you as part of this group, uh, you know, from start to finish that year where it just was such a special group as you've talked about. And, and you know, you have this great playoff run as well just to, to experience all of that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, uh, you know, the deepest I went. Um and like I said, it, to see the the resolve too, um, you know, we didn't face a ton of adversity wins loss wise until mm-hmm. the finals, you know, we got a little banged up and, you know, Gudis was injured yeah. and I mean, every team goes through a lot of injuries, but to see guys, you know, we fell down, what was it? Three, nothing to Grand Rapids. We won Friday and Saturday night in their building, which, you know, it was packed and, you know, it kind of felt like this is going to be a special bringing it back to Syracuse. Yeah. It came up short at home and I still, you know, I, I still think back. It was probably the most special memory, even in a defeat 
um, just the way the guys battled. And, you know, there's a buzz around that town with the new organization coming in, a Calder Cup championship last the year before. Um, I felt like we met those expectations. We brought some excitement. It's been awesome to follow the crunch ever since with the, with the success that they've had. And it's uh, it's no accident. Yeah, it just it really was. And what a what a great introduction to the Lightning organization for the city that year. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of individuals on that team. You mentioned J.P. Cote already, your roommate. Uh, he's certainly a big part of the organization. Again, we see him quite frequently here in Syracuse, uh, working in the development side of things now for the Lightning organization. What you know, he was such a great guy, and a big part of everything too back then. What was J.P. like now? And and I'm sure it's no surprise that he has stayed in, involved in the organization today. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm not shocked. I mean, when you think of culture and I mean, JP Cote checks all the boxes. I think when I came to Syracuse for training camp, he was the first person that introduced himself to me. And he offered, if I wanted to live with somebody, live with him and make me feel a part of it. And that's just, if anybody's met JP, that's just the way he is. Um, and the way he played. I mean, I've never, we kind of played, he was much better, but similar, you know, hard, defensemen you know defend your teammates and he's still to this day the best that i've seen at blocking shots and just an ultimate competitor um i was really really fortunate another thing you know i thought it was really cool jp i think he went eight years between nhl games yeah. and he got back to, to tampa it's just you know those are the little stories that i'll never forget and you know i still have a good relationship with jp today and um like I, I can't really uh, put a put a price tag on how how much of an impact he's had on my career and life. Yeah, we're so fortunate to still be able to interact with him. Uh, like we said, so frequently here in Syracuse, here um, every other week it seems like, which is uh, great for the prospects. Great. Yeah, great for the prospects and great for us. Uh, right. In terms of uh, in terms of just interacting with him. Another guy. Uh, there's two other guys who really can't help but mention. We'll start with another one who's back in Syracuse right now and playing, uh, banged up with an injury, but played his 700th AHL game earlier this year. PC Labrie was a character back then, a big part of that group as well what was pc labrie like back then oh man he was awesome in the locker room just always in a, you know pc was always in the same mood very happy um another ultra competitor i had we had crossed paths our whole career i think when he first started off in manitoba and, you know jp was strictly i think at the beginning you know just a you know fourth line guy that would want to mix it up he was big and played hard and fight um and just to see his track, I think that year that we lost the finals, we, we lost him. He didn't play for us in the playoffs. Yeah. I think he earned the call, you know, up with Tampa full time. Um, but he was a guy, boy, everybody got a little bigger when you had JP in the lineup. Um, we had a collective team toughness, uh, quite a few guys, but yeah, PC was right at the top and I'm not surprised that he's continued to, uh, to, to play at a high level. I mean, he takes care of himself off the ice, uh, but yeah, he's another definition of a culture team first guy. Oh my gosh! When we when uh, the Crunch brought him back last year, uh, it just the the whole mood around the organization felt like it lifted about tenfold, and that's no surprise there. And then finally, uh, another character, and he kind of split the time in the booth with you, going back and forth uh, depending who was in the lineup. <laughs> Eric Nielsen, who uh, yep. you can't help but talk about that time with the Crunch without mentioning him. Uh, how would you describe Eric Nielsen? Absolutely one of a kind. Yeah. You can you've never uh you know, a lot of teams when you have your your quote unquote, he's the tough guy of our team, the toughest guy. 
Um, you know, sometimes they're rough around the edges. He's another guy, same mood every day. Happy. He played by a code too. He, he didn't look and take cheap shots, but he was the first to, you know, whoever it was, defend a teammate. And he was really the rallying, you know, with, with JP and Angelitas too, but, uh, you know, away from the rink, you know, Neeler would always have us planning something, getting together. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a big reason. A lot of organizations wouldn't keep a guy necessarily. A lot of the guys like that, it's a revolving door and they constantly trying to look for the next, the next tough guy or whatever role guy and Syracuse, you know, they kept going back to Neeler and with good reason that, that uh, he brings out the best in others, but yeah, one of a kind. I mean, he was unbelievable. Like, just hilarious oh my gosh when like i said you and him kind of split time in the booth as you know and uh, man the, he wildly entertaining uh when he was up there with dan duva all right well we've oh. talked about that a little bit so let's talk about uh, you know your role up there in the broadcast booth you, when you weren't playing uh you would hop up there uh, most of the time and and you know share your time with dan duva what was uh the experience like a on the air and b with uh with uh, dan duva Oh yeah. He's uh well, you know, I, my rookie year, I, I, uh, played in Boise, Idaho. We, we won the Kelly cup and I tore my ACL and I did uh radio most of the year. And some of the, most of the games were on TV locally mm-hmm. in Boise, um, with Joe O'Donnell. He's the voice of the Minnesota wild. So I had a little bit of experience and I think it was really healthy. You know, I wasn't, I was in and out of the lineup to get, uh, instead of sitting and feel sorry for yourself, something to do during the games. And obviously Neeler did it as well, but uh, man, Dan is just awesome. He's uh, you know, easy guy to tease. He's a good sport about it. And uh, you know, he's really felt a part of the team, but yeah, for some, whatever reason, we had some good chemistry, yeah. Dan and I, and uh, we kept in touch for a lot of years. We still keep in touch. You know, when I tune in on NHL radio and Vegas as a game and, I'm just so proud of him. And I mean, you saw Lucas, how, how much time and passion he puts into it. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of the good ones. And, uh, Syracuse was really lucky to have him. Yeah, for sure. Great to learn from him from my perspective, of course. And, uh, you know, it was always entertaining when you two were together uh, in the <laughs> booth. Uh, you know, you've touched on the fans here in Syracuse. Uh, just, uh, I guess we'll circle back on them again. You know, what it meant to, uh, A, play in front of them in this building and, and B, you know, have a chance to interact with them away from the rink and, and uh, just kind of ingrained yourself in the community. You're, you're one full season here. It was special. You know, like I said, I'm still – uh, feeling the fruits of it with coming back each year with hockey camps, but I, it's just, it's really my kind of city. I love the, the college, you know, life, the, you know, campus and the passion of Syracuse and Syracuse basketball. And then the history of the war Memorial. And I remember going there as a road team and how tough it was to play. It felt like everything was right on top of you, uh, you know, and then, and then to, to go there and be a part of a team, a successful team, kind of our, I felt like our identity that year really matched the identity of the city, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just hard, like never given in. And to make that run again, when you're playing in May and into June, those are really special memories. You know, it's exciting with the warmer weather and the longer days. Um, it followed, you know, obviously we wish we could have brought a championship there, but really, uh, even if the people I, like I mentioned, Bud and 
I could go on and on other people that I've met locally there. Uh, it was really a unique uh, situation. Yeah, great, uh, great time to be uh, in Syracuse and in the organization that year. Uh, Jared, before we let you run, anything else you want to add? Any quick story? Any any final notes before we let you run today? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I appreciate you putting a plug in for Great Lakes Hockey Camp. Yep. You know, excited to get back there. I will say it looks like we're going to try to have PC Labrie. Oh, there you go. He's going to, if, if the schedule uh, works, he's going to come out to a camp. And if everybody's heard PC in his broken English, I think he'd be a, <laughs> he'd be a funny keynote speaker for our camp. So, um, but no, it's always good to, to reconnect with you guys. And I really appreciate you having me. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you doing this here and uh, we hope PC can make it to the camp because the kids will absolutely love that for sure. Uh, Jared, thanks for doing this today. Uh, Good luck the rest of the way. Hope you enjoy the all-star break. Good luck in Rockford. And, and who knows, maybe we'll see you here in Syracuse down the line uh, in, uh, in terms of hockey, not just outside of it with the camp. All right. Thanks, Lucas. Appreciate it. There he is, Jared Nightingale. We thank him for giving us the time, and we hope you enjoyed the conversation. Jared was such a pleasant person to interact with during his time with the Crunch, even for me as an intern like I was during the 2012-2013 season. He was a frequent guest in the broadcast booth during games in which he wasn't dressed for and had a lot of insightful things to add to the broadcasts. And his connection to the community continues through his Great Lakes Hockey Camp, which returns again to Cicero in July. If you have any stories of Jared Nightingale, we'd love to hear them and share them on an upcoming episode of the show. You can send in voice memos to me via email, lfavali at syracusecrunch.com. That'll do it for this week's episode of the show. Thanks again to Jared Nightingale for joining us. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favalli saying so long for now. We'll chat again next time on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.